the Wynton Kelly Trio in a live performance of No Tears. You're listening to Gremlin Time. This is Fortunato. Let's get back to our uh, Lux Radio Theater adaptation of the Alfred Hitchcock thriller adapted from the novel by Patricia Highsmith, Strangers on a Train. Act Two of Strangers on a Train, starring Ray Milland as Guy Haynes, Frank Lovejoy as Bruno Antony, and Ruth Roman as Ann Morton. Twenty minutes ago on a street corner, Guy Haynes listened to Bruno Antony tell an incredible story of how he had murdered Guy's wife. And now in Senator Morton's home, Guy learns that Bruno's fantastic report is completely true. It, it happened in an amusement park, Guy. Some sort of lover's lane, I believe. Terrible. Apparently, she'd gone there with some other people. Two of the young men found her. It, it, it was done by someone else. They don't even have a suspect, Guy. Except you, probably. Barbara, I wish you'd keep quiet. But the police will say that Guy wanted Miriam out of the way so he could marry Anne. She's right, Senator. But if you have an alibi, you have nothing to worry about. You can tell them where you were at about 9 o'clock tonight. Well, uh, I was on my way here. I was on the train. Well, there you are. Who saw you? Did you speak to anyone? You need a witness. Yes. Yes, I did speak to someone. He was the only other passenger in the club car. Someone you know? No. No, he said his name was Collier or Collins or something. Said he was a professor at Delaware Tech. He'd been drinking. Drinking? Yeah, he'd been to some meeting, had a couple of drinks. But he was on the train. He saw you. Then everything's all right. He'll still have to answer some questions. It's a dreadful business. Dreadful. Poor, unfortunate girl. Miriam was rotten. She was a human being. Father, it's getting late and Guy looks so tired. Of course. Well, you two, now you can be married right away. Think of it. You're free. You won't forget to phone the Metcalf police guy. Captain Turley. Yes, sir. Good night, Senator. Good night, Barbara. I still think it'd be wonderful to have a man love you so much he'd kill for you. You know, I kept saying over and over again I was being silly, Guy. But there was one horrible moment tonight when the news came through. I, I kept remembering what you said on the phone for Metcalf after you'd seen her. That I could break her neck? No, no, don't even say it. Forget you ever said it. And there was something even more terrifying than the murder itself. The horrible thought that if you had anything to do with it, we'd... Anything to do with it? We'd have to be separated, perhaps forever. I, I couldn't stand that guy. I couldn't bear it. Anne! Anne, you don't think that I... Oh, no, darling, no, of course not. Just hold me, guy. Just hold me. Captain Turley, Mr. Haynes, it's good of you to come down here so quickly. Well, I'm just as anxious as you are, Captain. Well, we've managed to locate the gentleman you spoke with on the train. Well, Professor, this is Mr. Haynes. Well, I... I can't tell you how foolish I feel, Captain. I... I really don't remember meeting this gentleman. You don't remember? But you... you just you... a moment, Mr. Haynes. Unfortunately, I remember very little of my trip. You see, we... We had a little celebration. I'm not a drinking man, and... Well, just one or two drinks. But we I... were sitting opposite each other. You were going over some speech you made about calculus, mathematics or something. I'm very sorry, Mr. Haynes. <laughs> I certainly must have been celebrating. If you'll wait outside, Professor. Yes. Yes, of course. Is it so important whether he remembers me or not? Surely the important thing is that I've been able to name a man who was on the train with me. 
Now, you've been able to find him. Isn't that proof of where I was last night? Yes, I'd say you were in the clear, but uh, there is a little more checking I'd like to do. But if I'm in the clear... Take it easy, Mr. Haynes. You're free to go back to Washington right now. Thank you, Captain. Then the police verified his alibi, Father, and, and said he could go. Isn't that about it, dear? Except that... When an alibi is full of scotch, it casts a little doubt. Then the professor was Boyle. He didn't remember me. But he knew you were on the train. Wasn't that enough to prove that that's where you were? I wish I knew. For sure, I mean... Oh, everything's all right, Anne. The police are just being thorough. What's your next move, Guy? Well, whatever it is, the police will know about it. Take a look out the window. My guardian angel. Why, Guy, you're being tailed. That's Detective Leslie Hennessy. He works 16 hours a day. Someone named Hammond takes over for the next eight. As a matter of fact, Hennessy seems like a pretty nice fellow. For your own peace of mind, Guy, perhaps... Well, perhaps if you worked here at the house for the next few days, well, it would be less embarrassing for it you. It would be less embarrassing for you, sir, if I resigned as your assistant. That's ridiculous. Of course it is. Besides, don't you have to play in the tennis tournament? I'm withdrawing. Wouldn't it look awkward if you suddenly cancelled all your plans? Father's right, Guy. You've got to go on as though nothing had happened. Escorted by Mr. Hennessy. I beg your pardon? What is it, Bessie? A telephone for Mr. Haynes, miss. They say it's urgent. Oh, you can take it right there, Guy. Huh? Oh, oh, yeah. Hello? Hello, Guy. This is Bruno. I was hoping you'd call me before I had... What's the matter? Must have been some mistake. It wasn't for me. I'm learning more and more things about you, Guy. I never dreamed you were so interested in painting. Well, I feel a very warm attachment for this art gallery. For the first time all week, we've actually been alone for an hour. <laughs> By the way, where's Hennessy? Waiting out front. Hadn't we better be leaving? I suppose so. I wonder if we'll ever... Uh, Guy! Have a minute, Guy? Come on, we'll find Hennessy and get a cab. But that man, he, he's calling you, Guy. Oh, excuse me, dear. I'll see what he wants. Sorry to have to follow you here, Guy. Will you stop pestering me? You never even answered my note. For the last time, Bruno. You're spoiling everything. You're making me come out in the open. Why didn't you call me? My father's leaving for Florida next week. There's not much time. The detective outside. You'll see us together. Isn't that Ann Morton that you're with? <laughs> Slight improvement over Miriam. Hey, Guy? I'm telling you to stay away from me. Who is he, Guy? Oh, just some tennis fan. Never saw him before. That's funny. Funny? I mean, uh, I saw him yesterday. Where? Well, he was at the tennis club watching you practice. Oh. He was sitting with Mr. and Mrs. Darville. He, he must be very amusing. He had them in stitches most of the time. Who were the Darvilles? Oh, he's connected with the French embassy. <clears throat> You'll meet them tomorrow night, darling. They'll be at the party. Oh, yeah. Yes, the party. And do you really think I should be there? But I thought we settled that, dear. Of course you should be there. He's watching us, Guy, that man. Come along, dear. Let's go home. <laughs> Who 
Is he, Barbara? That young Frenchman with the Davi. Oh, he's not French, Daddy. They just introduced me to him. His name's Anthony, Bruno Anthony. Doesn't he look interesting? Why is he looking at you? Daddy, not so loud. He's coming over here. Oh, oh, this is my father, Mr. Anthony. Well, I'm delighted to meet you, Senator. Uh, how, how do you do? Oh, it's a wonderful party, sir. You know, sometime I'd like to talk to you about my idea for harnessing the life force. It'll make atomic power look like the horse and buggy. Well, I'm sure I'm... I'm already developing my faculty for seeing millions of miles. Senator, can you imagine being able to smell a flower on the planet Mars? I'd like to have lunch with you someday soon, sir, and tell you more about it. I'll see you later, won't I? Uh, that, uh, that, that'll be fine. Uh, later, yes. I still don't remember inviting that young man. I told you, Daddy, the Darfields just brought him along. Uh, just a minute, Barbara. Where are your glasses? My, my glasses? You're supposed to wear glasses, Barbara. Oh, but, Daddy, even at parties... Not another word. Get your glasses and put them on. <laughs> about Guy. If the Darvilles brought him, well, what difference does it make? He shouldn't be here. But you said you don't even know him. Well, I, I just don't like his looks. I don't like the way he's been staring at Barbara. Well, I'm not so sure I blame him. Barbara's very cute, especially when she wears glasses. Besides, he, he seems to be talking to Judge Donahue right now. Judge Donahue? Oh, now, come on, let us, let's go to dinner. <laughs> There's something else that I want to ask you, Judge Donahue. Uh, after you've sentenced a man to the chair, isn't it difficult to go out and eat your dinner after that? Really, young man. Well, when a murderer's been convicted, he must be sentenced. When he's sentenced to death, he must be executed. Oh, quite impersonal, isn't it? Besides, it doesn't happen every day. Yeah, so few murderers are caught. Uh, if you don't mind, I, I believe I'm being paged. Well, Mr. <coughs> Anthony, you seem very interested in the subject of murder. Well, no more than anyone else, madam. No more than you, for instance. Me? Mm -hmm. Oh, no, I'm not interested in murder. Oh, come now, everyone's interested. Surely you're not going to tell me there hasn't been a time that you didn't want to dispose of someone. <laughs> Good heavens, no. <laughs> you mean to tell me there wasn't a tiny moment when you were made very angry? Well, I... What did you say? <laughs> <laughs> well, there you are, you see? There you are. Now you've decided to commit a murder. How would you plan to do it? Uh, oh, I didn't get your name. Uh, Mrs. Cunningham. Well, Mrs. Cunningham, how will you do it? Well, uh, I suppose I'd have to get a gun from somewhere. Oh, no, Mrs. Cunningham. Bang, bang, bang all over the place and blood everywhere. Well, uh, what's your idea, Mr. Anthony? Well, I have the best way and the best tools. Yes? My two hands. Simple. <gasps> silent. And it's quick. Why, of course. Sure. <laughs> oh, you must be very strong, Mr. Anthony. <laughs> well, let me show you what I mean. Uh -huh. You don't mind if I borrow your neck for a moment, do you? <laughs> <laughs> but that's so silly. Very well. Uh, go ahead. Are you... Now watch what I'm doing. Uh-huh. When I nod my head, you just try to cry out. Yes. I'll bet you won't be able to make a sound. <laughs> I'm ready. All right, now. Just wait till I nod my head. She'll be 
all right, Father. Mrs. Anderson's with her and Judge Donahue. They're up in the bedroom. But Mrs. Cunningham, what happened? How could he have choked her? Well, I, I don't know for sure. Mrs. Anderson thinks they were playing some, some sort of game. And then when Bessie screamed, he, he fainted. Where is he, Anne? Where's Anne? Guy took him into the study. Then tell Guy to get him out of here as soon as he can. This is a nice item for the gossips. Well, I better get back to the guests. Anne! Oh, Anne! Barbara, what's the matter? It was awful. I saw him. What was he trying to do to her? You saw him. I was standing in the doorway. His hands were on her throat, but he kept staring at me. Anne, he was strangling me. What do you mean? He went into sort of a trance. It was horrible. He thought he was murdering me. But but why, Anne? Why me? Don't be silly, dear. You're upset. That's all. Now go find Father. What happened, Guy? I fainted, didn't I? I started getting so dizzy. You mad, crazy maniac. You ought to be locked up. Will you get out of here now and let me alone? But, Guy, I like you. Now we've got to talk about my father. You promised to... You shouldn't have done that, Guy. You shouldn't have hit me. Maybe that'll lock a little sense into you. You have a car here? Yes, it's outside. It's down the block. Come on, we go out the back way. Guy, did he leave? Anne? I didn't mean to startle you, dear. He has left. Yes. Anne, why'd you come out here? I had to talk to you. Yesterday at the art gallery, that wasn't the first time you met Bruno, was it? What makes you say that? I don't know. Guy, what did Miriam look like? But I... I've told you. I want you to tell me again. Well, she... she was dark, not too tall, sort of pretty. What else? What else is there? She wore glasses, didn't she? Yes. Barbara wears glasses, too. And Barbara looks something like Miriam, doesn't she? Doesn't she? No. No, no, not at all. How did you get him to do it, Guy? Get him to do it? He killed Miriam, didn't he? Tell me. Didn't he? Yes. Yes, he's a maniac. I met him on the train going to Metcalf. He had some crazy scheme about exchanging murders. If I do his murder, he'd do mine. What do you mean, your murder? Well, he'd read about me in the papers. He knew about Miriam, about you. You must have known he was talking nonsense. But he wasn't. And now a lunatic wants me to kill his father. Too fantastic. You've known about Miriam all this time. Yes. Why don't you call the police? And have them say what you did? How did you get him to do it? If, if we could only talk to father or, or someone about it. It's no good, Anne. I can't drag anyone else into this. Guy, what are we going to do? I don't know. I don't know. Bruno? Bruno, this is Guy. I've decided to do what you want about your father. Yes, I want to get it over with. Detective? Oh, don't worry about Hennessy. There's a way out across the roof here to the next apartment. Does anyone know you've come home? 
then you'd better go out again and stay out until after daylight. I'll be there in 40 minutes. We're listening to the Lux Radio Theater adaptation of the Alfred Hitchcock movie Strangers on a Train, which was adapted from the novel by Patricia Highsmith. Uh, this production's from 1951. Now, as I said, this is the Lux Radio Theater, so they take breaks for long commercials, but we're just sort of trimming all of that out, which still kind of leaves uh, some spots to fill. So let's have one more uh, musical interlude, and this is Nat King Cole. The night is mighty chilly and conversation seems pretty silly. I feel so mean and rot. I'd rather have the blues than what I've got. The room is dark and gloomy You don't know what you're doing to me The web has got me caught I'd rather have the blues than what I've got All night I walk the city Watching the people go by I try to sing a little ditty But all that comes out is a sigh The street looks very frightening The rain begins and then comes lightning It seems love's gone to pot I'd rather have the blues than what I've got All night I walk the city Watching the people go by I try to sing a little ditty But all that comes out is a sigh The wind is blowing colder It looks like love is stale and older My luck don't look so hot I'd rather have the blues than what I've got To Guy Haynes, there is only one way out. Now, in the quiet of the night, Guy has entered the Antony home. With the key in the map of the house that Bruno sent him, Guy has no trouble finding Mr. Antony's bedroom. Mr. Anthony, Mr. Anthony, don't be alarmed. I, I must talk to you about your son, about Bruno, Mr. Anthony. Wouldn't you feel more at home with the light on, Guy? Bruno? My father isn't home. 
I was about to tell you that over the phone, but you made such a sudden decision. I, I wondered why. Well, I, I thought your father would be interested to know he has a lunatic son. Then you have no intention of going ahead with our little arrangement? I never had. Bruno, look. You're terribly sick. I don't know much about these things, but why don't you go where you can get some kind of treatment? Not only for your own sake, but you can't go on causing more and I don't more. like to be double-crossed, Guy. I have a murder on my conscience. I killed your wife. But it's not just my murder. It's yours, too, isn't it? I guess it's no use trying to talk to you, Bruno. I'll leave. Yes, that man from the police who's supposed to be watching you. You mustn't let him get suspicious, Guy. You can put that gun away, Bruno. Oh, don't worry. I'm not going to shoot you, Guy. It might disturb my mother. <laughs> I'm a very clever fellow. I'll think of something much better than that. Good night, Guy. <laughs> Hello? Uh, hello, I'd like to speak to Mrs. Antony, please. Bruno Antony's mother. This is Bruno's mother? I'm Ann Morton, Mrs. Antony. Senator Morton's daughter. Oh, Miss Morton, good morning. How nice of you to call. I'd like to see you, Mrs. Antony, just as quickly as possible. Why, that would be lovely. Do come over, do. Thank you, I'll leave right away. I'd come here, Mrs. Antony, but I simply had to tell you. Oh, Miss Morton, really. I know Bruno's been in some very awkward scrapes, but nothing so ridiculous as a murder. But you have to make him do something about this. Don't you see that just one word from him would get Guy out of a dreadful situation? Well, but how can you take this seriously? It's just some practical joke, dear. Bruno's so terribly irresponsible. Oh, he gets into all sorts of escapades. But you don't seem to understand. Your son's responsible for a woman's death. Did Bruno tell you this? Well, no, of course not. Well, there you are. <laughs> well, now, it was very nice of you to call, Miss Morton. Do come and see us again sometime, won't you? I'm afraid Mother wasn't very much help, was she? If you don't mind, I think I'd better leave. Mother hasn't been too well for some time. She's a little, well... Uh, how shall I say it? She's confused. You know, I'm very upset with Guy. He shouldn't have sent you. Guy doesn't know I'm here, Mr. Anthony. He's at the tennis club, isn't he? He will be. Oh, yes, he's playing Reynolds this afternoon. It's a very important match. He must be very desperate to try to involve me. Try to involve you? Well, I've been protecting Guy ever since he told me how much he hated his wife. Do you know, Miss Morton, that Guy tried to get me to go back to that amusement park some night after dark and look for his cigarette lighter? What's a cigarette lighter got to do with... Well, he dropped it there right after he... Well, uh, after that night. You see, all the police are waiting for is one piece of evidence to convict Guy for the murder. I can't tell you how worried I Please am. Please stop. Miss Morton, I do sympathize with you, but I just couldn't do what he asks. Why, that would make me an accessory. his house and came straight here to the club guy. You shouldn't have gone there, darling. Well, Bruno told me if the police ever found your lighter there, that's all they need. Something to prove you were there when she was murdered. Bruno has my lighter. I know, you told me. That lie about my wanting him to get it back. That means he's going back to Metcalf, back to the amusement park. 
He's going to drop it there, somewhere where they'll find it. Oh, Guy, I wanted so to help, but I'm afraid all I did is make things worse. He said last night he'd think of something. Well, give him credit, he certainly has. Well, you've got to get to Metcalf before he does. You haven't time to play. You better tell them now. No. If I try to avoid this match, Hennessy's bound to get suspicious. I have him out of his sight all day. Then I'll go. There's a train and a You stay right here. I'll try to give Hennessy the slip right after the match. But, darling, that'll be too late. Didn't Bruno say I wanted him to go there some night after dark? Yes. Well, he won't expose himself in daylight. If I can finish off this match, I'll still have time. All ready, Guy. You go on in a few minutes. I'll be right out there. Now, look, Ann. Here's what you better do. Get hold of Barbara. And just as soon as... Huh? Oh, uh, how are you, Barbara? Oh, uh, this here's Mr. Hammond. Mr. Hammond, this here's the senator's other daughter. Hi. Oh, yes, I've seen Mr. Hammond outside the house. He's a detective, too. You and he take turns, don't you? Uh, yeah, something like that. But if he's your relief man, why would the two of you be here together? Uh, look, you're I'm... a nice kid, Barbara. Now, watch him hit the little ball and don't ask so many questions. I've got it all arranged, Anne. The cab's outside waiting to take Guy to the station. I gave him $10. But what about those two detectives? They're still over there near the dressing rooms waiting for Guy to finish the match. Gosh, I've never seen Guy play so fast in my life. Well, he's got to get on that train. Barbara, now once again, as soon as the match is over, Guy's going to run out through the clubhouse. Just do your best to delay those detectives from coming after him. All Guy will need is a few seconds. Well, just leave it to me, Anne. Oh, I'm real good at getting in people's way. Looks like we're out of luck, Hammond. Haynes beat us to it by about two minutes. The guy says he bought a ticket to Metcalf. Well, what are we waiting for? The train just pulled out. We can still have him flag it down before. Ah, we... relax. Let him go to Metcalf. We'll phone Captain Turley and let them take over at that end. Oh, that nutty little thing. Ah, oh, Barbara's a nice kid. Maybe it was an accident. Pushing you in the fish pond? Just one thing that puzzles me. What's Haynes' big rush to get the Metcalf? What's he going back for? Come on, Hennessy. Let's phone Turley. Here you are, folks. Here you are. Get them while they're hot. They're fresh roasted. They're jumbos. Peanuts, mister. What time does it get dark around here? <laughs> What's the hurry, Jack? Here you are, folks. Those fresh roasted peanuts. What time does it get dark, I see? Well, hang around, bud. Hang around. You'll find out. Get them right here, folks. They sure doing business down at this end of the park. Are they? Oh, day and night. Ever since that girl got murdered. People want to see the scene of the crime. Oh, yeah. Uh, where did it happen? Right over there. Them picnic ground across the lagoon. Lover's Lane. Yes, sir. They sure been cleaning up. I don't think it's a very nice way to make money. Well, these folks got to eat, too, ain't they? For a while, the smoochers wouldn't go near the place. I'm afraid I don't know what a smoocher is. Okay, so I ain't educated. Wait a minute, Mister. You got a match? No. Well, you got a lighter. Keep fooling with that lighter in your hand. Oh, it's just a. Here, buy yourself a box of matches. <laughs> characters, places full of characters. Hello, this is Sergeant Adams. I'm phoning from the station as 
Put Captain Turley on the phone. This is Turley. Uh, Haynes just got off the train, sir. He took a cab. He told the driver to take him to the amusement park. All right, good. Pick up your men and go to the park. I'll take a group from here. We'll be waiting for him. That's all, Adams. Hello, Bruno. I've been looking all over for you. You shouldn't have come here, Guy. This could be very dangerous for you. It would be more dangerous if I left you here alone, wouldn't it, Bruno? But this is where it happened, Guy. This is really where it happened. They try to make people believe it happened near the concessions. They figure it'll make more money that way. I came after my cigarette lighter. I want that lighter, Bruno. Don't be foolish, Guy. You're just proving a theory for them. Murderer returning to the scene of his... Give it to me. Give it to me before I... Stand where you are, Hayes. Stand where you are. I've got the man you want right here. He's... Stop him. Stop him and get away! Don't make a move, Haynes, or we'll shoot! He's getting away! I can't let him get away! This way, Captain Turley! The roller coaster! They ran toward the roller coaster! All right, just watch your fire. There are too many people here. Keep those people back. Captain Turley. All right, it's the other one, the one who ran. What do you mean it isn't Haynes? I remembered him. I seen him here that night when the girl was killed. Two young fellas was with her. And this one, he kept following. He kept looking at her. I remember real plain. You realize what you're saying? I was talking to him before. I asked him for a match. It's the same one. All right, gentlemen, surround the area. Over here, Captain, the roller coaster. They're under the roller coaster, under the tracks. Well, shut it off. Turn off the roller coaster. Well, it's out of order. It's closed down. Who turned it on? He did. The one who was running away. Turned the switch and kept the keys. That's one way of keeping us out of there. But the track is being repaired. When those cars come down there, they're scattered all over the place. All right, find the main switch and turn it off. Stay where you are, guy. Don't come any closer. Well, you run to now, Bruno. They're all around here. The police, Bruno. He won't get me, not alive. I've got a gun. That's not for you, Bruno. You're much too clever to use a gun. I'll kill you, and then I'll kill myself. I'll kill you first, and then I'll... You better start talking, Haynes. What's this all about? Well, he... He had my cigarette lighter. He came back here tonight to, to plant it, to pin the whole thing on me. Cigarette lighter, huh? Let me talk to him, please. All right, take it easy now. Over here. He's in a pretty bad way, Captain. Can't you lift that stuff off him? Uh, we've done everything we can until the crane comes. Hello, guy. Who was that with you? This is Captain Turley, Bruno. Police. Oh, they got you at last, huh, guy? Tell him, Bruno. Tell him you have my lighter. But I haven't got it, guy. Must still be over there where you dropped it that night. You dropped it, huh? Sorry, Guy, I want to help you. But I don't know what I can do. Captain Turley, may I go through his pockets? No, of course you can't. Besides, he says he hasn't got it. But if he dies before he... There's no more it. This man's dead, Captain. His hand. He's got something in his hand. See what it is, Mac. It's a lighter, Captain. A cigarette lighter. Here, let me see that. From A to G. From Anne to Guy. Looks like you were right, Haynes. Well, I better keep this for a while. How about staying in town overnight? I imagine there's a lot you may want to tell me. Yes, I imagine there is. Captain, may I use the telephone? Sure, go ahead. There's one up near the entrance. Say, who was he, mister? That guy. His name was Bruno Anthony. A very clever fellow. 
yes, Guy. Yes, darling. Well, of course I'll be there. I'll leave right away. Father, Barbara, it was Guy. He's safe and he's free. Guy? Yes, dear? That man across the aisle, he keeps looking at you. Oh? He's a minister. I I didn't know you knew any ministers. I beg your pardon, but aren't you Guy Haynes? I'm sorry, sir, but when I was a very little boy, my mother warned me never speak to strangers on a train. And we've been listening to the 1951 Lux Radio Theater adaptation of the 1950 movie Strangers on a Train, directed by Alfred Hitchcock and adapted from the novel by Patricia Highsmith. Uh, in tonight's uh, production, we had Ray Milland and Frank Lovejoy, along with Ruth Roman and Patricia Hitchcock as well. And uh, astute listeners would probably recognize the voice of the great William Conrad as the police inspector. Well, that's all for this month. Uh, We'll be back again on the third Monday of December with our special holiday seasons uh, program, The Father Christmas Letters by J.R.R. Tolkien. And so that'll be next month here on the Bedtime Radio Show for Grown Ups, Gremlin Time. This is Fortunato, wishing you so long until then. Dr. Demento, and you are listening to KBOO Portland.